When Noah, age four, said he wanted to play miniature golf, that sounded like fun. It had been several years since I had played, so I was looking forward to see whether I could put that ball even close to the hole. And I knew that the kids would enjoy it. So off we went, and I regretted it by the first hole. (laughs) Noah was thrilled about putting his golf ball all over the green, caring little about where the hole was. Lauren, at two and a half, had no interest in learning how to hold her kitty putter and was using the tip of it to tap the ball around wherever she wanted it to go. The kids' balls were knocking into each other and skipping over the little walls. And then once I got my ball very close to the hole, close for me, on the first putt, and Noah pushed it a little bit, nudged it closer, because he was helping me. At hole 13, I was thinking that most golfers at hole 13 are disappointed that they're getting closer and closer to 18, but for me, it couldn't come fast enough. My goals were different, completely different from the kids' goals. They were having fun. I was there to get that ball in the hole and move on to the next one. I was competing against myself and that difficult par two course I was there to play by the rules. Guess who had more fun? In a similar way, Peter discovered that our personal strict rules can become hindrances. In Acts 11, he is telling other Jews about his experience of conversion. Now, Peter went through several different conversions in his life. This is one of the main ones. The strict religious system on which his life had been based had just exploded like a firecracker. Now, you've probably seen firecrackers. They look pretty mild-mannered from the outside. But when you light a fire to them as the Holy Spirit had done to Peter and the apostles not too long before, the firecrackers explode and light bursts out in every direction. Peter, with his strict rule, system of rules, had thought that God's salvation was limited to only the Jews. But now... After his encounter with Cornelius and others around him, Peter has discovered that God's salvation is for the whole world. The light and the salvation of God are now exploding like fireworks in every direction. So now, Peter is faced with convincing his colleagues who still cling to that strict religious system. He retells for them the story of this new Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit had fallen on these Gentile, non-Jewish converts, just as it had on them. And Peter concludes, If then God gave them the same gift that he gave us when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ... Who 
was I that I could hinder God? Have you ever hindered God? Well, I think if we're honest, we have to admit that all of us have from at times in our life, our lives. We have resisted the movement of the Holy Spirit in us to do something for God. Maybe we've been too focused on our own rules to enjoy playing the game. Perhaps the Spirit has shown us a turn that looks intriguing and it's, it's tempting in a positive way, but then we put up a barricade by that turn and say, nope, I, I can't go that way. I can't see what's going to happen next, and I don't want to feel out of control. So we continue with what we think we know. Peter's experience tells us that when the Spirit guides us in a certain direction, the Spirit will help us see it through. When opportunities arise for us, it is our natural tendency to look immediately for the reasons why something can't happen. Do you find that in yourselves? Now, this is wise, really. I think it's wise, unless we stop there. What would happen if we began removing barricades? What would happen if we removed a barricade enough to entrust to someone our deepest fears? What would happen if we found a passion for a new activity, but it required relinquishing something old? What would happen if we began having personal relationships and friendships with people on the fringes of society? Would the Holy Spirit still be with us? Well, of course. And if this is true for us in our individual lives, it is also true for every church, including Calvary. What would happen, continuing to wonder, if our church let go of our attachment to this building to see what additional uses God might have for it? What would happen if we devoted some of the money in our savings account to missions activities? What would happen if we all gathered here on some Saturday morning with paintbrushes and weeding tools and trimmers and spruced up this place as a family? Well, I know one thing that would happen. People would get upset because we didn't do things the way they wanted them done. But as for the great things that could come out of that, we don't know. Because sometimes we're just too afraid to try. But think about, as an adult, what you would tell a child who was afraid to try something new. We tell her that she doesn't have to be scared. That we'll be here with her. 
that she may not get it right the first time. She probably won't. But that's okay. We don't expect perfection. We expect her only to do her best. Now, can you hear God saying those same things to us? God is not only the creator of all that we see and know, all of the old things, but God is a God of newness. Did you hear from John's vision in Revelation, a new heaven and a new earth? God is dwelling with us, making all things new. That's not just in the future. And in today's gospel, Jesus gives us a new commandment that we love one another just as he has loved us. By this, everyone, even those on the fringes, will know that we are his disciples if we have love for one another. Charles Chu tells of a time that he was in China on a tour group. He was in a bus, and there was another bus, another tour bus in front of them. It was snowing, and the roads were muddy as they were on their way to this scenic spot. Well, the bus in front of Charles lost control and flipped over on its side. Well, of course, his bus stopped, and people started getting out to try to save those who were in the other bus. Charles got up on the side of the bus and turned, went to turn the handle on the emergency door, and he pulled, but it wouldn't, it wouldn't budge. And he pulled again, he pulled again, and he, it still wouldn't budge. And so he could see that there were people inside hurt. There were other people from his bus who were helping folks out of the windows. So he decided to move away from that emergency door and start helping people out of the windows. And as he was doing that, he looked back over towards the door. Another person got up close to the door, turned the handle, and it opened automatically, just right away. And what he realized was he had been standing on the door that he was trying to open. With good intentions to save lives, he had become the biggest obstacle blocking the door of rescue. Now, prior to Peter's conversion with Cornelius, Peter would never have shared a meal with non-Jews. But with the help of the Holy Spirit, he learned that all people are invited to God's table. Who was I that I could hinder God? Peter asked. And so we ask, who are we that we could hinder God? And what would be different if we didn't? Holy God, you are a God of gifts. We thank you for the gift of Jesus Christ. We call ourselves by his name. And we pray then for courage and strength to follow in his footsteps. 
Lord our God, we pray for forgiveness, the forgiveness that Jesus Christ offered to us, and that peace that he offered to his early disciples. We pray that you would explode within us as fireworks do with your light and your peace so that we might sense your power, sense your presence, sense your hope, and sense your guidance. Lord, as we seek to love others, we ask for courage to to be love for others, to be Christ for others, to be Jesus' hands and feet. We pray especially for Dot and Louis Creasy, for Dave Morse, for Doris and Joe St. Clair, for the family of Hugh Cock, and for Bonnie Dillon. We ask that you would give them a special measure of strength and peace as they are dealing with the curves that life sometimes throws. God of love, we thank you for the gift of love. We thank you for the ability to show that and to experience that. We thank you for the financial gifts that you have given to us and ask your blessing on those as we offer something back to you. We pray that you would help us to remember that the money is not the most important part of what we give, O God, but our commitment to you and to follow wherever you may lead. As we focus our hearts and minds on the table that you have prepared for us, O God, quiet our spirits, grant us guidance and hope and peace in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.